What's up, guys? Welcome back to another Sport Universe podcast. It's me, Brian, and I'm joined with Nick. What's going on, guys? All right, so there's unfortunately no real baseball news to talk about. The only real thing is uh, the Yankees let Greg Bird walk, which I kind of found a little surprising considering he was like a big talent for them coming up through the minors, but he really never turned into anything. I thought maybe they could have maybe pulled a trade for him or something, but it is what it is. So I think we'll just get right into the NFL. Um, today was pr- a pretty upsetting uh, day for Jets fans. Um, they lost to the 0-11 Bengals. So I'm going to like say it right now. They're definitely not making the playoffs. You know, it's always like kind of been up in the air. They could win out. I'm going to go off, off a cliff and say they're not making the playoffs. Nick, what do you feel about that? Like, what you said, Brian? Sorry. <laughs> I just said that they're not making the playoffs this year. I am. I, I could definitely agree with that. <laughs> um, I've talked about it in the past. That, yeah. Like, I guess I'll get my little Jets feel while, while I'm here. Um, I just feel like Adam Gase, the, the coaching is just not there for the Jets. And he's really what's holding them back. Because the team has talent. The team has a will to win. I think right, we've seen, I, I, know, I know I've seen Le'Veon Bell on social media, you know, be pretty outspoken that... You know, keep giving us a chance. It's going to take a process. Mm-hmm. I just think that Adam Gase is not in- innovative enough as a coach, and I just don't think he's he's the right guy to do it. So I feel a coaching change is imminent. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's what I got to say about the Jets. <laughs> yeah, the one thing – so I don't know if you had time to watch the game, but for the – the Jets had so many uh, holding calls and offensive penalties that really kept them from – getting any big drives together and every time there's like a holding like I expected like Adam Gase to be a little like angry or anything he showed no emotion and I mean maybe he's just trying to stay cool calm and collected but I feel like he's with everything he's done he's just it's just not a good fit at all uh, for the young players on the team Jamal Adams had a little injury he also had an interesting post-game conference where he was basically tearing up talking about the game and it shows really like two things first off he cares so much about the game which is really nice to see for basically their best player on the team um and also that he's just disappointed with how the jet season has gone and that could loom large in the future when he's a free agent and there's already rumors about him wanting to go to the cowboys and leave the jets so just not a good situation for Jamal Adams. Uh, Sam Darnold, he didn't play terribly. The loss is definitely not on him. He had no interceptions. But their uh, offensive line was just terrible, kept on allowing the defense to sack Sam Darnold, put pressure on him. There's nothing good on the offense or defense for the Jets. Um, other than that, that's really it. Um. Yeah, before I go on the rundown, I just want to say, like, yeah, I... I can agree with you. I only watched a piece of it, but ultimately, when you when you look at penalties, who, who's the least penalized team in the NFL generally? Probably the Patriots, right? Yeah. Uh, in in National Football League and football in general, flags come out of unpreparedness. Mm-hmm. If you're confident in your assignment and your role, and you practice it well in, in the right conditions, then it really shouldn't be too big of an issue. Um, in terms of like penalty, like if you're confident, you can block this guy then you're probably not going to hold him as much. In, in addition to that, if you're not confident that you're going to block this guy, you know, let's say the Jets take their right tackle and put him over on Miller, right? Mm. Odds are, you know, the Jets' offensive line, not great. That, that right tackle is going to need some help with Von Miller. Yeah. You know, that, that, these are things that you can repair in the week before. You, you can help with the, the tight end, can give a little, a little push, you know. As the play starts, you could have a running back uh, shifted to that side so he can help. Yeah, there's things that you can do to to avoid not only avoid penalties but prepare each week, and I, I think it's often that we see that the most penalized teams in the NFL are, are those that are that have some of the worst coaching, uh, and they're also the least prepared. Yeah. So with that correlation there, I think it it really helps my point to say that Adam Gase isn't the guy. Yeah. It really sucks because like so many people never thought Adam Gase was the guy. It's just turning into that, which is really annoying. I uh, sure. Yeah. But. You can do your um, little rundown. All right. Um, before I start my rundown, I just want to say that I'm going to try and speed it up because it does get a little long, a little repetitive. So I'm just going to 
a little repetitive because I say the same thing about the teams each week, so I'm just going to go through as quick as I can, maybe give a couple words on each team and then move on. So on Thursday, uh, Thanksgiving, happy Thanksgiving. Hope you guys celebrated, had some good turkey, whatever you guys did Thanksgiving. Hope you guys enjoyed the holiday. Um, so the first game of Thanksgiving, we had Lions-Bears. Um, the Bears won 24-20. Bears moved to 6-6. Six six. Lions moved to 3-8-1. Uh, the Bears is that mediocre team. I think they have the coaching. I think they have some decent talent on the team, especially on their defensive line. And, and their secondary isn't too horrible. I just think that their defense is out on the field too much because uh, Mitch Trubisky is just not a sufficient quarterback. He's one of the worst starting quarterbacks in the NFL. I think uh, I think I've said it before, but he, he really is the issue. Uh, they have a good coach, so we'll have to see what the Bears do in the quarterback situation. On the Lions, I really don't know what to say about them. They have a really... They have a lot of talent, especially Kenny Galladay has really exploded this year. I think he's first or second in touchdowns in the NFL. So, again, they have, they've had talent come in and out of this roster, and they just haven't seemed to win. So I think uh, they did switch up coaching when it comes to Matt Patricia. I really don't know what the solution is to the Lions is to switch coaches again. I really couldn't tell you. We'll have to see what the Lions do. Uh, moving on from that game, we had Bills-Cowboys. Uh, Cow- uh, Bills wound up winning it 26 to to 15. Uh, Bills moved to 9-3. Cowboys moved to 6-6. Six six. In terms of the Bills, Josh Allen really exploded. He's progressing very well each week. Uh, I can definitely see him, him being an all-pro quarterback in the near future. So exciting. It's, it's an exciting time for Bills fans. It seems like the defense is coming together. They have a really good quarterback. Um, I, I, they're probably not. They will make the playoffs this year most likely, but they're not going to make any deep playoff run, is, you know, which is also likely. I think if they can address it in the draft, maybe round out their offensive line, give uh, Josh Allen some weapons on offense on the offensive side, I think they can have a really solid team there. On the other side, uh, we have the Cowboys. It's, it's evident the Cowboys, they obviously have talent. If you look at their roster, they're one of the most talented rosters in the NFL from top to bottom. Uh, I think the, the issue is coaching. Uh, Jason Garrett has to go. How many years can be mediocre and have so much talent and not win? The Cowboys have had similar situations in the past in terms of a roster where they had Troy Aikman, Emmitt Smith, Michael Irvin. Now they have Amari Cooper, Ezekiel Elliott, Dak Prescott. You know, a, a d- decent three right there. Any wins to show for it is definitely a problem. I feel that Jerry Jones is just comfortable having Jason Garrett as coach, and I think it needs to change if they want to keep progressing as a team. Uh, moving on from that game, we have the Saints and the Falcons. Uh, Saints wind up winning it 26-18. Uh, close. It was another matchup between the Falcons and Saints. They already played this year. Uh, the Falcons wound up blowing the Saints out in kind of a surprising fashion in the first game, but the Saints take the second game. Uh, in terms of the Saints, they're ten and two, one of the best teams in the NFL. Good coaching, good quarterbacking. There's not much to talk about there. They've had they've had two rough games, but you know, being ten and two in the NFL is pretty damn good. So uh, you know, it's not too much complaints there. On the Falcons side, I've talked about it before. I think it's time for a coaching change. They've had ta- like, they're kind of like the Lions, where they've had talent coming in and out of the roster. Although the Falcons have had more success because they've had they made the Super Bowl, even though they lost. Um, you know, making the Super Bowl is a feat in itself. So it seems that they have the talent to to make the Super Bowl. It's just I mean, coaching in the NFL. It's a really unique thing in terms of you got to be innovative, but you also need to build a system that that people can learn and, and really. I think the Patriots have mastered it so well where you have to have a system that players can come in, they know their roles, you know, everything it runs a, like a well-oiled machine, but at the same time, you need to be innovative so that teams don't, you know, figure out how to stop your scheme with certain personnel. And I think the Falcons are, are kind of missing that right now. They're missing the, the coaching that they need. Uh, moving on from the Thursday games, we have the Sunday games. Um, first game of the day, we have Redskins versus Panthers. Redskins wind up winning at 29-21. Uh, Redskins moved to 3-9. Panthers moved to 5-7. In terms of the Redskins, they're a pretty wishy-washy team. I feel like they should be tanking because they do lack the... I know I can tell you they lack the talent. I'm not sure about the coaching. We have the Coaching is hard to judge unless you have a talented team. If you have a talented team, you're not winning. Coaching is most likely the option, is most likely the problem. So it's hard to tell with the Redskins where they're at right now. Winning is not necessarily... It, it's not a bad thing, obviously, but in their situation, it might not be the best thing. You might want to tank for draft picks, but we'll see what the Redskins do here. Um, on the other side of the ball, we have the Panthers. They're, they're a team that's just been really inconsistent this, this season. They're 5-7. and seven. Uh, We don't know if they're going to blow out Cam Newton. Kyle Allen's been good and bad. Christian McCaffrey's been MVP. Panthers have been a really unique team. They stuck out with Ron Rivera for the longest time now. I really don't know what the Panthers' plan is here, but 
They haven't won in quite some time now, so we'll have to see where they go. Uh, moving on, we had the Titans and Colts. Uh, Titans wound up winning at 31-17. to uh, We had Titans move to 7-5, to and the Colts moved to 6-6. Six to six. Um, I can speak for the Titans in terms of, like, it seems like they've found their solution in quarterback and Ryan Tannehill, but I definitely say it's too early to tell. Um, they've definitely improved over this, the latter half of the season, or the latter half that we've, we've watched so far of the season. Uh, we'll have to see where the Titans go. They might make the playoffs. Definitely not going to make a deep run. They're too inconsistent. Uh, on the Colts side, they've done decently well, considering, you know, with Andrew Luck retiring abruptly. Uh, Jacoby Brissett's been solid for them. I don't know if he's the long-term solution, but it's been solid. Uh, having your quarterback retire right before the season starts definitely would allude to your team not performing well, but the fact that they're six and six is is not too sh- uh, not too shabby. I think it's really a testament to that they have very good coaches in Indianapolis. So. Uh, moving on from that game, we had probably the blockbuster game of the week. We had the Ravens and 49ers. Uh, the Ravens went at 20-17 in the last-second field goal, 49-yard field goal from Justin Tucker for the Ravens. Now the Ravens was 10-2, and two, and the 49ers were 10-2. Um, in terms of 49ers' side, you know, if you're going to lose to a team, you're definitely going to lose. You want to lose to Baltimore. They are, for all intents and purposes right now, the best team in the NFL, at least the hottest. So um, if you're 49ers, you know, that's pretty. It's not that bad that you lost. It was a close game. You know, learn from it. Move on. Learn from it. Move on. Uh, in terms of the Ravens, you are the best team in the NFL right now. No one really expected this coming into the season. Um, I think between the coaching, they have decent talent. They have good coaching, and Lamar Jackson's just been absolutely special this year. Um, I do want to challenge with people's perceptions on uh, Lamar Jackson. It was just funny because uh, Brian did a little piece on it on the on Instagram the other day, and I, I said I agree mostly. Oh yeah, right. I just think that people. I think I think Lamar Jackson's running talent is there. I don't think anyone's ever questioned that, and you're really questioning his throwing ability. I do believe that Lamar Jackson has improved his throwing ability. I just don't think that the way people are hyping him up right now, they're saying that he he's one of the top arm talents in the NFL right now, and I, I highly disagree with that. I think he is. Slightly above average in terms of his, his throwing his throwing capabilities, but I do think that his running capabilities, which are the best in the NFL from the quarterback space as well from the quarterback slot as well as across the entire NFL as a whole, wide receivers, running backs included. Um, I think that his running ability has really opened up his passing game, mm-hmm. and that's that's given him better passing stats than than he's really you know in terms of like he, he hasn't earned it as a pure passer. Yeah, it's been his, his his dynamic ability that's really allowed his passing game to flourish, as well as good coaching from Jim Harbaugh. So, um, so yeah, Lamar Jackson's a real deal. He's probably the favorite to win MVP. Probably will at this point. Um, when you beat a team like the 49ers and, and you're Lamar Jackson, you know these things happen. So, yeah. I think Lamar Jackson is MVP. I just don't think that his passing ability is where people want to place it at. He still has some work to do. Uh, the game, the game film that I've watched. Uh, moving on from that, we had Steelers Browns a little bit of rematch. You know, past the Miles Garrett after Miles Garrett, we, they rematched. I think they were at the Steelers today. Um, Steelers wound up winning it twenty to thirteen. The Steelers moved to seven and five. The Browns moved to five and seven. The Browns are kind of are a huge mess. They're so in, they have a lot easier sec, the second half of the season for them is a lot easier of a schedule. So they they might make the playoffs in, in a wild card spot. Just because how easy their schedule is, but it, it's obvious that the team is not one system. Uh, Freddie Kitchens is, is not a good co- coach, in my opinion. Uh, I think I saw on Instagram the other day he was wearing that a shirt that said Pittsburgh started it, which I think is just horrible. I don't know, like you should not be intruding or, or getting yourself involved with stuff like that. Your, your player took a, well, the player's helmet and tried to hit him on the head with it. If you want to not, if you want to not prosecute your player, fine. But I definitely wouldn't be defending an action like that. There's really no no need for that. I just don't think it's Freddie Kitchens' place to do that. Um, but again, I don't think Freddie Kitchens just he, he kind of has to go at this point, in my opinion, for the Browns. Um, on the other side of the ball, Steelers. They've been a team that's really inconsistent. Obviously, they lost Ben Roethlisberger and Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell all within a one season span. So they've been. A team at seven and five, you know, you can't be too disappointed. I think that Mike Tom is a pretty good coach, and that's why we're seeing the Steelers be seven and five. 
Mickey Fitzpatrick has been great for them. So let's see where they end up. They could possibly be a playoff team. Uh, moving on, we have the Packers and Giants. Uh, Packers went 31 to 13. Packers moved to 9 and 3. Giants moved to 2 and 10. Uh, Giants are an absolute dumpster fire. Uh, I, I Saquon Barkley, he, he plays like he's injured. He plays like he has no morale. It's, it's like the Saquon Barkley that we all knew from, from his his uh, rookie year is just not there anymore. He seems like your average back that, that, that won't hit holes perfectly and will pick up three or four yards and you'll be satisfied with that. You know, starter in the NFL, but by no means is an all-pro. That's kind of how he's playing right now, and it's very disappointing. I know the Giants suck, and I know we've had a really rough season. And we're, we're looking towards the drafts. I just want to see Saquon Barkley do well at the end of the day because coming into last year, and, and I think he proved it last year, that he's a generational talent. Like he, he should not be having as bad of a year as he is. Even if even if our running plays were, were terrible and our coaching was is, I don't think it's great right now. I think Patrick has a lot of work to do. I don't think he should be fired yet, but he's working his way there if he keeps having these abysmal seasons. Um, I just think that no matter what, Saquon Barkley, you know, Regardless of how bad the coaching is, Saquon Barkley is so talented that he can he can avoid eleven players on the, on the other on the other team's defense and make and make up yards out of nowhere. Like he's that talented. Mm-hmm. So I just it, it's sad to see. On the other side, we have the Packers. Uh, Aaron Rodgers does what Aaron Rodgers does, and he was uh, he was brilliant today. Can't say enough praise about him. Um, Packers are a really good team, and we'll see how they they fare in the playoffs. Um, moving on. We have Buccaneers, Jaguars. Uh, Buccaneers wind up winning at twenty-eight to eleven. Uh, Buccaneers, I've talked about them in the past. They're a really inconsistent team. Uh, I really don't know what to say about them. Five and seven is not terrible, but I, I think a quarterback change it needs to happen. The fact that Daniel Jones, a rookie quarterback who gets stripped almost on every play because his ball security is so bad, has twenty turnovers this year, and James Winston has twenty-four. I don't know. I think this is, this is pre-game stats. These don't include today's game. I don't really know. I don't know the exact numbers post these today's games, but you know, going into these games, these were the stats. So the fact that James Winston has 24 turnovers, which is as a five five year starter in the NFL, you should definitely not be having 24 turnovers at this point in the season. As a rookie, you can get away with it, but I think as a five year starter, it's I think it's time for the Buccaneers to move on. I really don't know what direction they're going to go in, but they've been very consistent. On the other side, we have the Jaguars. Who now drop? I think three or four in a row after switching off of Gardner Minshew. Um, in my opinion, what we could take away from this. I think number one that the Jaguars' coaching is not great. It's it's not going to do what they need to do in terms of getting wins. On the second hand of that, I think that Gardner Minshew is the real deal. The, the Jaguars should start him. Um, and on the third hand, we got to talk about Nick Foles. I think this kind of reveals that Nick Foles isn't. He's not necessarily not talented. I just think that he is what you would call, or most people would call, a system quarterback. When you put him in a good system, he does well. He, he'll run what you want him to run. He's very predictable. He'll, he'll he'll be a solid quarterback for you. But the issue is that the Jaguars don't really have the coaching that they need to have a good system quarterback like that. I think what we saw with the Eagles, uh, Doug Peterson, who I think is, is a pretty innovative coach. I think the Eagles have struggled this year beyond Doug Peterson. Um, I think Doug Peterson Doug Peterson's a really good coach, and he was able to run Doug Peterson's system well, and they won a Super Bowl, right? So I think that Nick Foles will definitely find a home somewhere else. I'm thinking maybe the Bears. We'll have to see. Um, yeah, I just don't think that the Jaguars want to keep up. Why would the, the Jaguars did sign him to a huge contract, but just like the Giants did, if, the, if he does, they want to get rid of him, they'll get rid of him. And I just don't think that he's, he's the right move for them to go. Uh, He's the right move for the Jaguars right now. Uh, moving on, we have the Dolphins and Eagles. Dolphins win thirty-seven to thirty-one. Uh, Dolphins move to three and nine. The Eagles move to five and seven. I think the Dolphins are kind of in the same situation as the Redskins. Started off this year horrendously. Everyone made fun of them. They've kind of picked it up, but I don't know if that's necessarily the best thing with them. They need to really fill out that roster with a new set of talent. They need a lot of talent on that roster if they want to compete, as well as a solid head coach, which I don't know if they have right now. So I don't think winning games is really necessarily helping them, but I. I really don't hate winning games because it does help the team's morale in the long run rather than having you know, like an 0-16 season. So uh, yeah. the Dolphins are not going to make the playoffs this year. We'll have to see how they fare in the draft. On the other hand, we have the Eagles who are fighting with the Cowboys to make the uh, NFC East or to win the NFC East. Uh, this is a terrible game for the Eagles to drop. 
The Eagles secondary got absolutely torched today by the Dolphins wide receivers, which is very not good. The Dolphins really don't have that great of a receiving core. Um, I really don't know what the issue is with the Eagles. I know they've faced a lot of injuries, but they have gotten a lot of players back healthy now. So I really don't know what their issue is. Uh, Rams won 34-7. Um, and the card, the Rams moved to 7-5, and the Cardinals moved to 3-8-1. Uh, again, I've talked about the Cardinals. They're kind of a young team. We'll have to keep watching and see how they do before we make any judgments. I think they're going to get better as the draft comes on, so definitely the Cardinals are a team to look out for, as I said. Uh, on the other side, we have the Rams, who have been really wishy-washy this year. It was a pretty good win for them. They're seven and five. They may or may not make the playoffs. Um, we'll have to see. I think that Todd Gurley has really been a big disappointment this year. It's kind of evident that his his knee problems are are a real issue and not just what the media is making up. His carries are way down from last year, and I think that I really don't know how much longer Todd Gurley's going to have in the NFL. I'd probably give him three or four years max. He's not going to see the production that he did. If, if, if his knees are truly bothering him as bad as it seems, then he's not going to have the production that he once had. Uh, moving on, we have the Chiefs Raiders. Um, the Chiefs won up winning at 49. Chiefs moved to 8 and 4. Raiders moved to 6 and 6. Uh, the Chiefs are finally picking back up again. They're getting kind of healthy. Um, it was a pretty good win for them. I'll have to see how they fare in the playoffs. On the other side, we have the Raiders, who I think they've dropped one or two in a row now. I don't like the Raiders. I don't think that Jay Gruden's a great coach. I don't really think he's necessarily a bad one. I also feel like they don't really have the talent to be winning too many games right now. Although Josh Jacobs has been phenomenal for them this year and might win Offensive Rookie of the Year. We'll have to see. Um, <clears throat> I just don't think the Raiders are really a playoff team right now. But, you know, it's 6-6. It's kind of surprised me and it surprised a lot of people. So we'll see where they go from here. Uh, next game, which is the final game that's been played already, we have the Broncos and Chargers. The Broncos won it 23-20. Uh, in terms of the Broncos, they're a very mediocre team. I think today was Drew Locke's first start. They had him on IR. I don't think he was really injured. They just didn't want to have him sitting there holding a clipboard when they could have other players on the roster. I think he was dealing with a minor injury, but they, that's why they put him on IR. Uh, but he had his first start today, and he won. I, th- I do think that Drew Locke is the solution for them going forward. I don't know if he's the long-term solution. About to see how he does, you know, on a week to week basis, but I think that he's got the guy that gotta start right now. Um, I think he's got a lot of potential, so we'll see where he goes where he goes with the Broncos. On the other hand, we have the Chargers who have been a abysmal season in comparison to what we all thought they were gonna do. Um, they have a really talented roster. It seems like they have a lot of internal issues with obviously Melvin Gordon, his contract didn't turn out well. Um I, I don't really know what's going on with the Chargers, but they're also a team that's going to have to figure it out. I believe that they're probably going to move on from Philip Rivers at the end of the season. Yeah, it seems like his time in the NFL is going, coming to an end. His numbers are, are not as good as they were, and he doesn't really give the team the spark they need to win. So we'll see what the Chargers decide to do with Philip Rivers. And the final game that's being played right now, we have the Texans and Patriots. Uh, the Texans are up 14-3, to which is a little surprising because Patriots are so good. Let's see how the game ends. I wouldn't count the Patriots out ever. Um, and then the final game, which is tomorrow on Monday, we have the Vikings and Seahawks. Vikings are 8-3. The Seahawks are 9-2. It's going to be a really good game. Um, no matter who wins that game, I think that both teams have a shot to make. I think the Seahawks are definitely going to make the playoffs, and the Vikings in 8-4 definitely still have a shot to make the playoffs. They have to win one or two more games, and they will. So... Yeah, should be a good, game, a good game to watch tomorrow, though, for sure. Um, beyond that, I think that is all the NFL news I have for this week. Okay. Um, so I guess we'll get into a little NBA rundown now. So I want to mainly focus around the Knicks, but there's some other stuff I want to talk about. So first for the Knicks. All right, uh, a little technical difficulties, but, you know, we always have those. So... I want to talk about the Knicks. Um, this season's becoming worse and worse. I started off the season pretty hopeful, and then I was doing the thing where I was saying that, you know, they're playing really well, but they just can't figure it out. 
towards the end of the game, and they're still doing that, but they also don't know how to play the beginning half of the game either, so basically the whole game is really bad. Uh, and they're 4 and I think it's 16 now, which I think is tied for the worst start to a Knicks season or might be the worst. It's one of those, which neither of them are good. They lost today to the Celtics, 113-104. This was actually one of the games where they did start playing really well, and then it got to the second half of the fourth quarter, and they blew it. They didn't have that person to take the final, to take that clutch shot to make it in. It's just been really bad. I don't even... To be honest, I had like an idea of what the direction for the Knicks was going to be, and... David Fisdale, James Dolan, Scott Perry, Steve Mills are... They just don't know what they want to do. This is how I think... What I think the problem is, James Dolan has in his mindset that the Knicks are going to be this great team, and he's always kind of ran the Knicks this way, trying to make trades to get those big stars and not giving the Knicks enough time to actually develop. And we saw after when the Knicks lost to the Cavaliers a few weeks ago, or might have been last week, that... Um, he was putting pressure on David Fisdell to win and win now. Also putting pressure on Scott Perry and Steve Mills. And that basically, I think, changed David Fisdell's mindset of building and developing the young players and changed it to only really playing the players that give them any possibility to win the game. And that's like players like Marcus Morris and Taj Gibson, two very talented players that would deserve time on another team, but I feel like they have to not be benched, but their roles have to be limited. Limited, So players like Kevin Knox can actually get playing time. He got playing. Kevin Knox is a main issue. He was going into the season, one of those players that everyone was like, he's going to develop into a really nice player this year. He's done nothing this year, and a large reason for that is the playing time he's been getting. Um, today, he did get playing time. La- the game before, he got literally, I think, zero minutes. So basically benched for that game. Now, I know we're not there during practice and everything. Maybe Kevin Knox, something happened. But throughout this whole season, he hasn't gotten the playing time that I feel most Knicks fans feel that he deserves after what he did last season and the f- potential for him to be a really good player and someone for the Knicks to build around and have for their core. And David Fizdale's just not really playing him. I think the same thing goes for Dennis Smith Jr. I get that Frank Nilakina is kind of blocking his spot, but Dennis Smith Jr. has to be another player that they try to develop. They have really young, nice young talent that everyone was talking about this offseason and developing them this season, and that's just not has not been what the Knicks' focus has been this season, and I feel that all goes back to James Dolan. And every Knicks fan probably has a problem with James Dolan, and rightfully so, because he's ruined the franchise. So, um, you have anything you want to say about the Knicks? Um, yeah, I would definitely agree that James Dolan is an issue. I think it's similar to the Cowboys, where, you look at the Cowboys, right? Jerry Jones wants to control who the coach is, he wants to control the, the football operations. He's not really a football guy, he's an owner. Mm. And it, it hasn't turned out well. Where if you look at somebody like the Patriots, right, Gary Kraft has handled, handled, handed over the head of football operations in terms of like football president, the general manager, the head coach, and the uh, defensive coordinator, all to Bill Belichick, who's a huge football guy, and they've had a lot of success. So the fact that James Dolan is most likely micromanaging uh, Bisdale, it just it hasn't turned out for the Knicks. I think that what... So it, again, as you said, we really don't know how what's happening in practice. Mm-hmm. But in my opinion, if Kevin Knox is giving the proper effort in practice, if he's doing everything he should be, then he should be starting. Definitely. Uh, even if he's playing bad, I I can see you bench like a star player who hasn't been playing well. You bench him right to to try to give him some drive to yeah. to play well again. But if you have a guy you've never seen really see his full potential or what he can be. You know, he's only going to get better by getting good, solid game minutes. You know, practice is practice, but being in game is a totally different thing than practice. I think anybody who's ever played a sport can agree to that. Um, it's just it's a totally different thing. So, yeah. He needs to get playing minutes like in, in games if he wants to get better. So if he's giving, you know, he's doing what he's supposed to, then 
and he's playing bad in games, I think you keep giving him an effort. You got to at least give him a try, and give him good minutes during the season to really see what he's going to turn out. You know, you give him a year or two, year and a half, and he hasn't really made any strides of improvement, and he's not averaging more than like seven, eight points a game. I think maybe you want to start benching him and moving off of him, but you know, right now we really don't know. This is going to be a good year for him. So again, if he's given the proper effort, give him a chance. Yeah, I mean, it seems like pretty like obvious to do that, but I guess the Knicks don't understand that, and that really frustrates me. Um, mm-hmm. But going off of the Knicks, where is it? okay, I want to talk about the Lakers. So uh, the Lakers have had a great start to the season. They did lose today, so their record's now seventeen and three. But their seventeen and two record before today, I think, was either Le- I think it was one of the best uh, starts for a LeBron James-led team, which is very impressive considering what happened last year with the Lakers and the way that they've been able to rebound, and I'm sure a large part of that is the new players on that team like Anthony Davis. But they've been playing really well. They did lose today, like I said, to the Mavericks, which actually snapped their 10-game winning streak. A winning streak that continues to prove how good they actually are. And... Um, some stats that are kind of interesting to look at. LeBron James is averaging 25.7 points while having 11 assists, which I think is definitely top three in the league. And like, right, like looking at his name, you wouldn't think LeBron James is what LeBron James is known for isn't his passing. I mean, he is a very good passer, but being top three in the league is not something you would expect from LeBron James, and that's been one of his main focuses later on in his career, but definitely this year is, and he's been doing a great job. Anthony Davis is averaging 26.1 points a game, 2.8 blocks, which leads the league. So LeBron James' offense and Anthony Davis's offense and defense has been a great com- combination for the Lakers, and it continues to prove that as they continue to win games. Um, anything about the Lakers, Nick? Um, yeah, I would say like LeBron James is such a unique talent. The way he's been able to adapt his game as his time moves on. Yeah. Yeah, he, he became he the way he's again, the way he's just adapted his game. When his team needed him to be a better three point shooter, he would shoot better three point percentages that year. When his team needs him to pass more, he became a better passer that year. It's just his ability to not only compete at a high level for so many years, and um, yeah. the fact that he can adapt to this game, I think he's just so impressive. Um, I think I think this is pretty good because I did predict back in the summer when, before the season started, the Lakers are going to be the best team. Yes. So I did I did say that, and I I think I'm proving myself right there. Um, yeah, I just think the Lakers are really good. I think they have, as I said back in the summer. They have really good role players, and they have two stars that seem to correlate. They, they seem to work well together, yeah. so it's working well, and I'm not too too surprised, to be honest with you. Yeah. Um, off of that, I did want to talk about Carmelo Anthony a little bit. Uh, he's been playing so good. I think he's averaging, like, 18 points a game. His last game, his last two games, so his... His last game, he had 25 points on some really good field goal percentage. I don't remember specifically, but a really good game. Basically, the second star for that game. And the game before, he went like 9 for 10 shooting. And to see Carmelo Anthony come back, basically show no rust, maybe his first game he did. But to see him come back and play how he's playing is really cool at least from my point of view, being a Carmelo Anthony fan for what he does on the court. And I think um, he definitely has a little chip on his shoulder considering he wasn't given a chance for basically a year and everyone was just outcasting him from the league for just the media giving bad light to him. And I think that really pissed him off and he's showing the league that he is still a really good talent um and he did say the other day which was interesting that this isn't a farewell tour which i'm happy to hear some people were saying that you know he'll come back and just finally get to go away from basketball on a good note but 
this he's proven that this season is not going to be his last year. And it'll be interesting to see what the future holds for him if he continues to play this well. It's kind of a very interesting story, and it'll be... I don't know how much longer he's he wants to play for, but I'm excited to see the rest of his career play out. It'd be really cool to see him on the Knicks again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can definitely agree with you. Carmelo Anthony's kind of been a surprise out of nowhere, uh, you know, for being coming into the season this late. But I think he's he's the piece that the Blazers needed the most. He's the stretch four they desperately needed in terms of getting their offense right. And since he's joined their offense, I think the Blazers have been a totally different team, the Trailblazers. Um, mm-hmm. you know, Damian Lewis has been playing. Everyone on the team seems has been playing better since Carmelo Anthony came in, which I think is, is really good for the team. It's also good for really good for Carmelo Anthony. Um, I never truly thought Carmelo Anthony is done. Yeah, the fact I think that players like him, where I, I don't think Carmelo Anthony's athletic athletic abilities have ever been you know over the top. Mm. I think it's I think he's been you know obviously above average athlete when he came into the league, but I think his basketball skill and his basketball IQ. Um, I mean, he's kind of an ISO player, but I think again his basketball skill I think is really what's carried him throughout his career. So and that's something that that translates when you become a veteran. You lose you lose some of your athleticism. Oh man, that's why players like LeBron James are so good. Even though he, I think he's still very athletic. Don't get me wrong, his basketball skill has carried him very far. Um, so yeah, I think I think it's been pretty good. I do hope that he, he continues his career, as you said. Mm-hmm. Um, before we move off of NBA, I know we don't really have anything else. So we'll talk about the Rockets a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, the Rockets are thirteen and six now. We've kind of been mediocre team, kind of what I expected. Thirteen and six is not half bad. Um, we're on a two game winning streak now, which is nice. I'm a little, I'm a little, I don't know what to say because James Harden. If you guys don't know, because the the Hawks the other night, we won by like fifty, and James Harden played three quarters, shot sixty seventy percent, and had sixty points in three quarters. Oh my god! Like D'Antoni could have left him kept going and break records, but he made. I guess D'Antoni goes we're up by fifty. Let's not. In, let's not risk an injury, right? It makes sense. I would just like to see James Harden break records. Like, I would hope. I hope next time this happens that Dan Tony lets him finish out the game because you know James Harden's such an incredible scorer. I think that he's kind of earned the right to have these records in, in a sense. If, if he if he stays in the game like most people would and sets the record, you know why not let him keep staying? Yeah, it'd be, it'd be more of a fun thing to set it, uh, see him. He kind of deserves it. He's kind of earned it. Just, in my opinion, he's the best scorer in NBA history. In terms of just pure score. There's no one be able to put up points like really like he has. That's a big time thing to say right there. I mean, I think Michael Jordan was obviously very good in his best career, but at this rate, uh, Harden's going to outscore Jordan. And I don't know if Will Chamberlain's really the era that he played in is really funny in terms of like he had the hundred point game. So I really don't know where to place. Hmm. Will Chamberlain in there, but you know those. When I think of scores like him, uh, James Harden, Michael Jordan, Will Chamberlain, because he had the hundred point game, I kind of include him in there. Kobe Bryant, Kevin Durant. Mm. You know, I just, I, I just think that James Harden has. He doesn't have a large margin of belief, but I think he is the best scorer in the NBA of all time. Okay. The goat. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Um, do you have anything else to say about the NBA? We can go into college. All right, it's college time, boys. Um, so I guess we'll start off with college football. I'll start off with the FCS playoffs bracket. Um, so the FCS playoffs, which is, you guys don't know, is the lower division of uh, college football, uh, Division One college football. And in terms of the bracket, I, I told you I told you that last week that Villanova was in it. Um, I'll get to them in a minute. So in terms of the games that we had, uh, first round matchups, we had Nichols State versus North Dakota. Uh, Nichols State won it 24-6. They're going to face off against number one uh, seed, North Dakota State, um, on the seventh. Uh, next game, we had Southeast uh, Missouri State. They wound up losing to Illinois State. Illinois State set to play Central Arkansas, eight seed. Um, on the other side of the bracket, we had Monmouth. Uh, Monmouth. Versus Holy Cross, Monmouth wins. Uh, they're expected to play James Madison, two seed. Um, we had U and I versus San Diego. U and I wins, so they're going to go on to play the seventh seed, South Dakota State. 
On the other side of the bracket, uh, or on the lower side of the bracket, we had Albany versus Central Connecticut State. Uh, Albany won. They're set to play the five seed Montana State on the seventh. Uh, we had Austin PA and Furman. Austin PA wins. They're set to play Sacramento State on the seventh. All these, all the next rounds are going to play on the seventh. Um, in the final game before we get to Villanova's, we have Weber. We had Walford versus Keenson uh, Keenesaw State. I don't know how to pronounce that. I'm sorry, guys. Um, they're set to face off against Weber State. And the final game of the <clears throat> the first round was uh, so Southeastern Louisiana versus Villanova. Southeastern Louisiana won at 45-44 to 44 in the final seconds. Um, in terms of, I just want to talk about the game a little bit. I was very pissed off about it. Uh, yeah. Obviously, our defense was pretty abysmal. We gave up 45 points. But on the final drive, uh, we got called for a push-off, which didn't really happen, number one. Number two, they never call push-offs in college. I don't know why we called it on that specific play. It wasn't really a push-off. And we got a scoring a game-winning touchdown on that play, and they got called back. So we wound up losing that game, so I'm pretty pissed at the rest for that. Um, so yeah, I think Villanova's going to be an even better team, better, even better team in the FCS next season. So should be exciting. So that's your little FCS rundown for the week. Um, in terms of FBS, pretty good games this weekend. It was uh, it was rivalry week. So again, with rivalry week, there's a lot of good games. Um, we had Florida versus Florida State. Florida destroyed Florida State, unsurprisingly. We had Utah, Colorado. Utah destroyed Colorado. Oklahoma versus Oklahoma State. Oklahoma wins. Um, it's not like Arizona versus Arizona State. And for the most part, it wasn't too many upsets. It was what you would expect. We had like South Florida versus UCF. Appalachian State versus Troy. West Virginia versus CCU. Washington versus Washington State. You know, the, the better teams mostly won across the board. Um, in terms of the bigger games that we had that are worth noting, I think it was Ohio State versus Michigan, which was the one in the 13th seed. Ohio State blew Michigan out of the water. I think Ohio State is the best team in college football. Followed really closely behind LSU. Um, and then, most importantly, the most important game of the week was Alabama versus Auburn. Alabama was 5 seed, Auburn's 15 seed. Uh, Auburn wound up winning it 48-45 in the final moments. Uh, in terms of the impact that this has, we don't know what the updated seedings are, but no matter what, Alabama is... For all intents and purposes, eliminated from the playoffs this year. Uh, the, the four teams that we're most likely going to see in the playoffs are going to be Clemson, Georgia, LSU, and Ohio State. Those are those are the four teams we're most likely going to see in the playoffs this year, unless or unless uh, not Oregon, um, unless Utah somehow steals the spot from whoever the four seed is. Uh, outside of that, there's there's, there's not much um, much about the college football. It's just uh, for all you Alabama haters out there, all the Alabama fans is, is kind of a big game. It was kind of a big game. And then for college basketball, um, again, it's really hard to track. There's so many games going on. It's not as uniform as like a football games are in terms of you have like one game a week. Um, I'll probably get more into like ranking teams and along those lines once we get toward closer towards uh, like conference championships and, and March Madness. Uh, but on the flip side, Villanova was four and two, moved to five and two today. Wound up beating LaSalle by like fifteen points. I got front row seats. It was kind of good. I mean, I, I guess if you guys aren't familiar, like with Villanova, which I, most of you would be because you don't go here, right? Um, how it works for teams are like student tickets. You don't buy them. You you attend games. So, some games require you enter a lottery. Some games you could just go. And when you go to these games, you earn points. And then when you enter in lotteries for for games that require points. Uh, the more points you have, the higher chance stakes you have in the live uh, lottery, so the higher, better chance you have of getting a ticket. And then once you get there, the student section is kind of first come, first serve type of thing. So I, a couple of people left, so I wound up getting to the front row seats. It was pretty cool. I got to listen to Jay Wright curse at some players um, for I'm not doing what I'm he, he so told them to. I want to be able to go to sports games like that, but. Come visit, come visit. <laughs> <laughs> um, see, that, that's, that's my college. Um, that's my college rundown for the week. Any comments, Brian? Um, no. I think he covered everything. All right. Uh, do you want to introduce the controversial topic? Uh, sure. So after attending the, the football game this week, and uh, after I, uh, after watching the football game this week, rather, and attending the college basketball game uh, that I did today, it had me thinking, uh, this is like the push-off, right, that the Villanova got called. In the NFL... You can now challenge that, but you can't in college. 
which would have been very useful for our coach during that time. Mm. So in terms of like basketball, there was a place today where the coaches can't challenge because we're in college, right? Versus in the NBA, you can. Yeah. And this this got me to question, um, number one, should the rules be different? You know, In college basketball, per se, right, we have two quarters. And we have two halves, rather, That's instead cool. of four quarters. Um, in college football, you only need one foot down instead of two. You know, why? question is, like, why are these rules different? Uh, number two, should they be different? And number three, when rule changes, you know, happen, should they trickle down to lower, like, college or even high school? Hmm. Um, so that's kind of, like, my controversial topic for today. It's, it's a little bit complex, but I think that, you know, logically it's not too complex, but in terms of, like, how you would implement everything would be a little bit complex. Um, to start off, I would just want to say that in terms of why they're different, I think it's just all kind of politics. I, I really could, you know, who makes the rules of sports in the, in the first place? No one really knows. Yeah. But um, so I just think it's politics. You could change the rules. The NCAA could absolutely change the rules whenever they wanted to. Um, in terms of should the rule changes trickle down, I feel like they should. Or or rather this. Well, I think number, to start off right before that. I think that the rules across all the sports should be the same for the most part. You know, what, why is it two halves in basketball versus four quarters? I really don't know why. Like, it doesn't make much sense to me. So, you know, in terms of, like, changing it from two halves to four quarters, I don't think it really matters too much in terms of that rule. But for, for other rules, like, I think one foot down versus two feet down in college versus the NFL, that's definitely something that should be looked at. I think there should be more uniformity across college and, and professional sports. Especially when most high school sports follow professional rules, which it's, it's it's a little interesting, and I really understand why. So, in my opinion, to keep it simple, uh, rules should be in uniformity across all levels uh, of sports. And then, second, sec- secondary to that, um, should the rule changes trickle down? I believe they should, um, in the fashion that NBA decides to make a rule change. That specific rule change should be brought upon a committee in the NCAA or, or some committee for high school sports. And they should definitely have the say and decide whether that rule should be implemented in the lower level of the sport. I think in college, like being able to challenge a pass interference or be able to challenge what's the ball out of bounds on a certain person in basketball, it would be would be very useful for coaches. It would you know allow the game to be a little bit more accurate. Um, I think that coach challenge are still a little iffy in college bas- and professional basketball right now, mm-hmm. but I think once they find you know have that down packed. I would I would like to see it implemented in the college. I think that it would be useful in terms of getting things right. Um, I also you know, I just think it's, it's better for the game. You know, we don't have a million challenges. I think that challenge rules are solid the way they are. That you only get a limited amount. You can't just challenge everything. Mm. Um, I think if it's implemented right, I think it'll be really good for for sports across all levels. Uh, Brian, yeah, um, I definitely agree with that. I don't like when you were listing those. It really doesn't make any sense. I mean college basketball and in a sense high school I mean college sports and in a sense high school sports are supposed to get you ready for the professionals if that's what you want to do and a rule like the two feet down versus one foot down that literally gets you no way prepared for for professional football because like you see so many times where there's like those side sideline passes and professional NFL players have to get two feet in, while college players have to get one foot in, which is way more easier comparatively, which I guess literally makes no sense to me. Um, Maybe it's because college players are obviously not as good as professional players, so they try to make it a little easier, but still, if it's supposed to be something where you're preparing for professional basketball, professional football, I don't understand that at all. And the idea about two quarters and four quarters, I mean, two halves and four quarters, that also seems very silly and seems like an easy thing that they could change. Now, do I think it's ever actually going to happen? Probably not because, you know, all the higher ups in all these leagues are all want to be in control of their own thing and... They don't want other people intruding on their power, which is really annoying and is kind of a big problem in uh, American businesses. And I don't think it's ever going to change, which is seems stupid, but 
that's how I feel about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, other than that, I think that's it for the controversial topic and it for the podcast. Um, Nick, any final words? Um, yeah, not much. I guess I'll just say that I hope you guys enjoyed your holiday, even though we have another one coming up pretty soon for the Christmas. I have three weeks of school left, so Me too. it's going to be... It's going to be a tough three weeks, but I just I can't wait for Christmas. Yeah. I, I love Christmas. It's probably my favorite holiday. I like being able to spend time with my family. Um, so it's probably the first year that I've actually bought gifts for everybody, so oh, that's it kind of feels good. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, beyond that, um, I just want to say that like I actually got tickets to a Nets game. I'm going to be almost courtside, I think one or two rows back or something like that. Oh, boy. Like a VIP section. Uh, we have a family friend that couldn't go to the game. He gets tickets through his job, so um, oh I'll try to take some uh, videos and maybe, hopefully, oh, I'm gonna treat. I'm gonna see. I'm gonna get my sister. My sister's going. She's she's uh, she's little. She's like ten years old. I think if I get her to wear a Kyrie jersey, Kyrie will come over and sign, and maybe I can I can interview him. You know, courtside <laughs> probably not, but uh, okay. maybe I can get a cool moment there. <laughs> hopefully, he'll come and sign for my sister. Um, beyond that, um. Uh, I guess there's not much else than that. Um, I guess I'll just end it off how I normally do. Uh, if you, this uh, podcast is a work in progress. We try to make it better each and every week. Um, we should have a little bit more time once we get to winter break. It should be a little bit fun. Just yeah. maybe we can experiment a little bit when we get there. Um, yeah, beyond that, if you guys know. have any comments, questions, concerns, leave them down in you know the comments below. Or you can, if you have anything for me, contact me at nicholaswarbath10 at yahoo.com. Can talk about contact me on my Instagram at nick.horvath or my Twitter nickhorvath61. Um, other than that, I uh, hope you guys enjoyed listening. I'll hand it over to Brian. All right. Um, I know we've been hinting at this for a while, but I think next week finally our third person is going to join. Obviously, this week was Thanksgiving, and we're not going to pressure anyone into joining us. So, hopefully, next week. Also, we should have an interview coming out soon. I haven't received any answers from any of the people, so I'm still waiting for that. So don't worry, I'm not forgetting about the interviews. Um, other than that, we have a video coming out tomorrow. Always daily content on our YouTube channel. Go subscribe. It's the road to 150 now. We're at 141 subscribers, so that's exciting. Follow us on Instagram. I think we're either at or close to 2,300. Um... Other than that, let us know what you thought of the podcast below. Like Nick said, if you have any comments or questions for us, you can also leave them down below. Um, other than that, if you have any interest in writing for us, editing videos, graphic design, anything like that, contact us at thesportuniverse2019 at gmail.com. And other than that, thanks for listening.